Welcome to Colts Roundtable Live on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Picked off by the Colts. Kenny Moore, 30, 20, down the near sideline. They hand off to Taylor, right up the gut, and he's in there. Touchdown! We're talking Colts and recapping the action. He's got it! Here's the voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor. Hey, welcome in to Colts Roundtable Live tonight on a Monday. Brought to you by Citizens Energy Group. Proud to be the Colts conservation partner. Find winning conservation tips at citizensenergygroup.com. I'm Matt Taylor, and we're talking Colts football until 7 o'clock tonight. The Colts were winners on Sunday, knocking off the Raiders 25-20, snapping a three-game losing streak. And Jeff Saturday became the first Colts interim head coach to win his first game since Ron Meyer in 1986. Saturday's also just the second Colts head coach in the past 45 years to win his debut, joining Jim Caldwell. The Colts turn the offense back over to Matt Ryan, who started at quarterback after missing the last two games with a shoulder injury, and he completed 21 of 28 passes, had a touchdown, and ripped off a career-long 39-yard run in the fourth quarter to set up the game-winning touchdown for the Colts. For Ryan, Sunday was his fifth fourth-quarter comeback and his fourth game-winning drive of the season. Calling plays for the first time in his career, assistant quarterbacks coach Parks Frazier dug into the Colts' playbook and helped guide the offense to a balanced total two 22 through the air and 207 on the ground. The Colts scored over 20 points for just the second time this season and led at the end of the first quarter, the first half, third quarter, and won the game for the first time this season. After an opening series three and out, the Colts scored on three of their next four drives and led by a season-high 10 points in the first half. Jeff Saturday also showed some good in-game management. He challenged a Raider catch in the first half and won, and he also managed the clock brilliantly in the first half as the Colts called timeouts when Las Vegas was driving for a touchdown, saving enough time and one final timeout to stop the clock for Chase McLaughlin's 48-yard field goal at the end of the half. The offensive line protected very well all game long. They allowed only one sack and one hit on 28 pass attempts, and they opened up big holes for Jonathan Taylor, who rushed for 147 yards and ripped off the longest rush this season for the Colts, a 66-yard scamper to the end zone. On Sunday, Taylor passed Marshall Falk for the fourth-most 100-yard rushing games in team history, and he also passed Falk and tied Lenny Moore for the second-most total touchdowns by a Colts player in their first three seasons. How about the day for Paris Campbell? Led the team with seven catches for a single-game career-high 76 yards and the game-winning touchdown from 36 yards away. The Colts' defense continued to be consistent, and they made game-winning plays at the end with 56 seconds to play and trailing 25-20. to 20, The Raiders faced a third and seven inside the Colts' red zone, and Bobby O'Karake removed the ball out of the hands of tight end Foster Morrow in the end zone. And then on the fourth down, Derek Carr challenged Stephon Gilmore looking for Devontae Adams in the left side of the end zone, and Gilmore made the play, broke up the pass that sealed the win for the Colts. The Colts are now 4-5-1 and one on the season, still on the outside looking in on the playoffs. And up next are the Philadelphia Eagles at Lucas Oil Stadium this weekend, the lone undefeated team left in the NFL, and they play tonight on Monday Night Football against the Commanders. We've got a loaded show tonight, again with you until 7 o'clock. Rick Venturi and Joe Wrights will join me later on talking about the areas of improvement in Las Vegas for the Colts. And we're also taking your questions tonight as we normally do. If you have a thought or a question on the Colts, tweet it in. 
in using hashtag Colts Roundtable. And we'll also take a few of those questions now with interim head coach Jeff Saturday, who joins us in studio on this first segment tonight on Colts Roundtable Live, brought to you by Citizens Energy Group. Coach Saturday, congrats. What was that feeling like getting that first win in the NFL as a coach? It was so much fun. You know, just um, I, I was so excited for, for the men and the uh, you know the, the coaching staff and and you know everybody everybody in the building. I mean, you, know, you, you just know how many people have been working and pushing and striving uh, for for uh, you know for a successful uh, you know outing and and to have that the first one out was was spectacular. I loved it. I was so fired up. Um, and again, the celebration, the hugs, the congrats to each other, the plane ride home, man. It's it's why you love ball, man. I mean, you know, it, it, there's there there's no feeling in the world like it. And so it was uh, it was really tremendous. What was going through your mind as you took the field, as you're running to take the field, running out of the tunnel as a coach for the first time? What was going through your mind in that moment? Let's go! <laughs> I could, couldn't get here fast enough. I was like, man, I was I was Finally. so re- yeah. I was so tired of meetings and press conferences and everything else. I tell everybody, man, the world goes quiet when I hit that grass, and and it's my favorite time. Uh, and so when we walked down that field, you know, it was funny last night in the press conference at the game, somebody asked me, you know, kind of about my day, and I talked about just my typical, you know, I woke up, my wife and I talked, we prayed, and then I watched church on, on TV and or, you know, on my phone, and then... I go down and they were like, were you really nervous? And I was very proud. I was really at peace. I felt like we had an excellent plan. I felt like all the coaches were extremely prepared. I felt like the players were prepared as they could be. And now you got to go out and execute. And some days it works out, some days it doesn't. But there was nothing, there was no area of preparation that I felt like we had missed. And I think mm-hmm. that gave me a ton of confidence and so much appreciation for our coaching staff, uh, all three phases Bubba, Gus, his, his staff, and, and, and uh, obviously Parks. Uh, taking over at, at um, you know play calling, I, I mean it just it I could not have felt more confident in the plan in place and just so grateful they execute the players executed the right. way they did. How did the game go for you in terms of operation and mechanics and voices in the headset, looking yeah. at the replays, the challenge flags? How, how did that go for you there? Yeah, actually really good. There was a couple errors that I think I made. Uh, one early, um, uh, Alec, uh, you, you know we, we it was a I think it was a first third down and he you know, he catches it, but yeah. The ball kind of comes out right there, and uh, I, you know, I'm, I wasn't as used to the headset, you know, so I thought it. I'm yelling, you know, to to attack, you know, and trying to get to the line of scrimmage and let's get a playoff, and we're screaming that, but I, I couldn't get it communicated, and and uh, mm-hmm. so so you know, felt like I, you know, I kind of missed on that one, and we talked about that process actually this morning, um, and, and it was one of those things that even if I did, not sure it would have changed anything, but just you know, how could I improve from from those. things? things I felt like um, we did a really good job executing timeouts the challenge you know we had one challenge there early Mm -hmm. George does a great job up top in my ear I feel very confident he's gonna give me the right information and John up there as well those guys do a great job from an analytical perspective of hey here's where we are um, and then the execution in the first half, I thought was phenomenal. You know, we we get down to get to get the field goal, trying to go two for one, right? Make a field goal and then and come back out and score on the opening draft of the second half. But JT going down with with uh, you know three seconds to, to bust a timeout to get the field goal. Um, those were all I thought really well done.
done. And so, again, you know, there's always areas of improvement that we can make, but felt like for, for the first run out, not sure it could have been better. Yeah, Jeff Saturday is with us tonight on Colts Roundtable Live. You brought him up, Parks Frazier. Yeah. How, how did it go for him? Fantastic, man. I mean, listen, you know, um, again, falling under the category of, you know, this is this is was his first time as well. I thought all of the staff had him as prepared as he could possibly be. I thought he was he was very um, he was very process driven. He mm-hmm. understood what he was looking for, yeah. why all the communication from the headsets of, hey, who's in the game, what formation, where are we at, what what are they doing to it. All that information he was getting and downloading at a perfect time uh, in between series, and then he has his plays, and um, guys gave great confirmation over the headsets of what they liked, what they didn't like. And from you know from a play calling perspective, you want to be armed with all the information you can have because ultimately you're going to make the call. And and uh, we all told Parks that, that man, we believe in you, bro. We, mm-hmm. We're we're gonna we're gonna ride. We we're not gonna second guess. That there's nothing easy about that job. And we all yeah. understood. And um, but I felt like again that just the all the pieces and parts around it uh, really helped him excel. And then he he shined, man. He was uh, I thought he did a great job. And and I, I was really so happy happy for him because mm-hmm. um you know young and and all the you know again I'm going to bring all kinds of criticism anyway but you know to have a guy like him step up uh, yeah people were taking shots I'm sure all the way around but man good yeah. good for him that he had a great outing yeah no doubt about that that's Jeff Saturday interim head coach for the Indianapolis Colts here on Colts Roundtable Live you got time for a few fan questions perfect all right, let's go if you want to interact with uh Jeff Tonight and every Monday night here on Colts Roundtable Live. Hit us up on Twitter, hashtag Colts Roundtable. Michael's done that, Coach. He's asking, why did you make the decision to go back to Matt Ryan? Will that be a permanent move the rest of the season at quarterback? Well, we, we uh, you know, I, I had, when, when I came in on Monday, you know, he was on the injury uh, report, and I didn't know how injured he was with his shoulder. I, knew, I asked him uh, Tuesday, I believe, if he had uh, thrown. He hadn't thrown. And so right. I asked him, you know, what, what, you know, when he was going to do it, and he told me he was going to do it soon. And then, so Sam takes uh, all the all the reps on Wednesday, and um, so I, I had watched Sam, and then Matt told me he felt good, and uh, I wanted to see him practice. So you know, from a volume throwing perspective, I wanted him to take the the lion's share of the reps, and I, and I can't remember specifically, but right. I, I I know I know he took the majority, whatever that whatever that number is, I don't know exactly, but it was a lot. And I told him to take it and and go with it. And man, he he had a he had a really good day, and it was a strong day. And uh, Friday came back and backed it up. I didn't make any change. I wanted him to do it again to mm-hmm. see how he would respond. I knew Friday. I thought that was our best practice coming off the field. Um, I felt like, man, we 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 got a shot here, right? Mm-hmm. We've we've installed two days. This day was really crisp flying around um and so you know from from that perspective I thought he had a heck of a day and I and Sam was a pro about it I just say I feel like Matt gives us the best chance to win right now and he um you know he, he's like coach I'm all in no matter what it is I'm so grateful for him and oh, yeah. so that's how it was made again Jeff Saturday with us uh, here on Colts Roundtable Live let's go to John's question coach he's asking and I think you talked about this a little bit just uh, in, in passing there a few moments ago how did you handle the critics of the Colts and their decision to hire you through no fault of your own taking this job. Yeah, you know, it's it's uh it's one of those things, man, from my faith perspective, you know, the Lord's my defender, right? I don't have to go out and defend anything. I know why I made the decision mm-hmm. I made, right? I know how much I care about this organization, about this community. That includes players, coach, 
front office equipment, uh, training room, media, like you, you name it, right? My adulthood was forged here, and and my wife and I, all of our three of our children were born here. Like this place matters to me, man, and I and so I have no regrets about the decision I made. I made it um, after prayer and talking to my wife, and again felt like this is a great opportunity. I've never heard of a player having the opportunity to be a head coach. I had seen it happening in other um, leagues, you mm-hmm. know, whether it's baseball, basketball. I had not seen that happen uh, from a football perspective. I wasn't going to miss on it. I wasn't going to bypass it. And and, and so um, I feel very convicted that, that I can help this this organization turn it around this season. And uh, I'm comfortable with whatever happens. I, I, I really am in a really good place, and my wife and my family are. And as far as the credits, man – God bless them, bro. Like, whatever they think, they're right to their opinion. I'm sure they have strong conviction about it. But, you know, I'm not calling for advice, right? So it doesn't doesn't really affect what I'm going to do. And, again, I I don't say that like – but I'm just being honest. Like, that's who I am as as a person, and I appreciate it. And that doesn't change how much I I like those people if we're friends because I I haven't watched it or paid attention to it. But, you know, whoever it is, that will not affect how I look upon them. All right, lastly, Coach, this is from Matt. What do you like about our defense and what keeps allowing it to keep teams right at or under 20 points on the season? Man, how good did they play, bro? And it finished the game. Two PBUs. Mm-hmm. Bobby makes a freaking gr- – I mean, to knock that ball – that was a – that was a dime by Carr. You know what I mean? I mean, it's it's in his hands. Yeah. And for him to be able to swat that thing, what a heads-up play. And then Gilly on the last play, one-on-one, man, this is why you bring him in. And and he's got the, be- you know, the best receiver in the game right now. Or if he's not, he's one of them. That, that dude can go. He got juice everywhere. And to make that play at the end, to break that ball up, I can't tell you how proud I am of them. And that Gus has the guts to call the plays. And he asked me, and we – we talk about those things, man, and man, I, I was uh, I was so fired up because you know your first game again, and it sounds silly, and I don't want people to think like I want to win all the games by big points, right? So don't hear me in the right frame of reference. But that flow of that game was awesome, back and forth, nobody backing down. Big plays being made by big time players, um, and I thought our defense just kept fighting, and they just they would give begrudgingly. And and again, I had so much confidence watching it play out, and, and those guys made the play. Man, tip of the cap again. I told them when I got here, that's the cowbell of our team. That defense, man, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna help. They are why we're gonna be able to win games if they can continue to do that. Um, and I was just so grateful for them. No doubt about that. That's interim head coach Jeff Saturday with us on Colts Roundtable Live tonight. Coach, is, is it weird to hear Coach Saturday yet? Have, hey. have you gotten used to that? <laughs> I'm used to it. I'm used to it from back in the day. My son's too. There you I'm, go. I'm used to all of those. There yeah. ain't no worries on that. <laughs> it used to be Coach Sat. That's what I always get. All so right. No, wor- no worries on any of those things. Yeah, we can vary it up a little bit. <laughs> Jeff, thanks so much for the time on a Monday. Congratulations for you and have a good week of practice. Thank you. That's our conversation this week with interim head coach Jeff Saturday tonight on Colts Roundtable Live, brought to you by Citizens Energy Group, saving home on monthly bills when you can serve water and energy. For money-saving tips, visit citizensenergygroup.com. Again, I'm Matt Taylor. When we come back, we'll welcome in Rick Venturi and Joe Wrights and go over the tales of the tape in Las Vegas, the good and the areas of improvement needed still for the Colts after 10 games. The Colts win. They snap a three-game skid. They're now 4-5-1. and one. We're coming back in just a moment on Colts Roundtable Live here on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. We now return to Colts Roundtable Live. 
Once again, here's Matt Taylor. Welcome back again to Colts Roundtable Live. This is 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Tonight brought to you by Citizens Energy Group. Proud to be the Colts conservation partner. Find winning conservation tips at citizensenergygroup.com. We're also brought to you by Pick 6 and Caesar Sportsbook. That's free to play all season long. Answer six predictive questions about the game every week for a chance to win. Great Colts prizes must be 21 or older to play. Time now to welcome in the fellas, Rick Venturi and Joe Wrights. The former Colts are along on the show tonight. I'm Matt Taylor. And Joe, before we get into the the tale of the tape here, I understand that congratulations are in order. Coach Wrights bringing home the hardware a couple weekends ago, I understand. Well, Matt, I appreciate that. We had two third grade football teams from Our Lady Mount Carmel that both won city in respective divisions. So as you know, and Coach Venturi knows it's about the players. We had good players. They got it done, but it was fun. The championships were down at uh, – they were down at Ron Colley, your alma mater. So some good vibes we had down there and on we the still, south side. And we still let you Northsiders win? Well, we were playing against a couple other north side teams. So, uh, oh, yeah. Well, well, yeah, we didn't make it then, I guess. We, we got yeah, eliminated you got, earlier. <laughs> you did, but uh, your, your Rebs are still alive in the playoffs here, going to semi-state, so that's good, yeah. as are my HSE Royals. Yes, they are, absolutely. Semi-state coming up this weekend. Now, Joe, is, is Rick a consultant on your team? Are you sending game film Rick's way so we can watch on the huddle there? <laughs> I haven't brought Coach in yet purposely because this is seven-on-seven, <laughs> seven, so it's tackle at seven-on-seven, oh. seven, but – Coach, you know in a couple years when we get to 11-on-11, 11 I'm going to be dialing in. We're going to need your help on the defensive end of the football. We'll give you, we'll give you a double-sync clinic by the end of this year. <laughs> All right, uh, tail of the tape time. Uh, congratulations are in order for the Colts. They snap a three-game losing streak. Uh, they beat the Raiders on Sunday 25-20. to uh, We always start here in segment two. Your big takeaways, Joe Wright's first for you, your tail of the tape. How'd it look for – for Jeff Saturday and, and the operation for the Colts, they are getting a win for him and his first time out as the interim coach of the Colts. Man, that was fun. Super happy for Jeff, happy for the players, really happy for all the other coaches in that building that had to go through kind of the craziness of last week. But when I looked at the tape this morning, I really saw four things that stood out to me. The first one was we started fast. We were ahead 10 to nothing in the game. I mean, the last time we had a lead like that, you know, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was playing because it was Christmas Day. And I just think the <laughs> yeah. fact that we had that lead, we were able to stay ahead of the chains, stay on track offensively, do what we wanted to do, that was really good. Number two, Parks Frazier. Big shout-out to him calling the plays X's and O's. I know, Coach, you talked about it last week. Anybody can come up with a game plan. But calling plays when that play clock's winding down on Sunday is a tall task. And I thought Parks, for the most part, did a really nice job. Number three, I thought we had an energy, we had a spirit, we had a juice about us that I really hadn't seen since the Kansas City game. And I know a lot of that probably went into why Mr. Ursay made the move to let Frank go and hire Jeff. But I just really liked the juice, the energy that everybody was playing with across the board. And then number four, physicality. We were the most physical team. We were the most physical team at the point of the attack. And our offensive line played the most physical they had played all year. And to me, all of those markings, they kind of have Jeff Saturday's footprints all over that. Because, again, teams are going to take on the personality of their coach. And I thought he did a nice job coaching them up. The assistants did a great job getting those guys ready. But those were kind of my four big takeaways from yesterday afternoon. Yeah, basically, you know, I have four takeaways. And, you know, to me, you know, to me, it was a terrific day for Colts fans, for the Colt franchise. They took so much grief, unnecessary grief, 
uh, during the week last year. Last week, I'm, I'm just amazed by it, to be honest with you, the noise that was being made ridiculously. But I, I think it starts right at the very top. I mean, uh, Jim Irsay, who I've known for four decades, I mean, he owned this team last week. I mean, he owned it. He, you know, and, and you know, people will mistake sometimes his style. He speaks in parables, and they will always underrate a guy that really knows football and has absolute great football instincts, and was not afraid to go totally against the grain on this, and it paid off. So Jim owned it. I think number two, I, all these things could be one is Jeff Leddit. There's no question about it. This team was energized. Um, he brought a juice. You know, I call it the jumper cable effect. Uh, there's no question about it. He lit the spark. But he also, and I mentioned this last week, in, in, in a coach has to show his team how they're going to get better, not just personality. Personality is important. But I think two great decisions. Obviously, uh, the Parks-Fraser decision, regardless of how he got it, was decisive early in the week. It said to the team, we're going to do things a little different. And then I think the quarterback change was huge. I, I, I think the quarterback change, I think, was big with those veteran players. I, I, don't, I think the veterans wanted him to be the quarterback. But that was, that's another terrific decision. So, you know, you lead with your personality, but you also – make told you know decisions before the game mm -hmm. that mattered and then you you really i'm with joe you really have to take your hat off and i've done this for so many years i respect this more than anything is uh park fraser he came in and he and he directed it you know you had an owner own it you had a head coach lead it and then you had an offensive coordinator <laughs> call him the floater i like that nickname the floater but i mean he directed it he kept us in our lane. Obviously, we, you know, we filtered down the offense. Um, you know, we did what we could do, I think, in that sense, particularly what our offensive line can do and can't do. You know, he kept us in quick rhythm. He reestablished JT, uh, you know, quick screen game, the RPO game, all those things that are quick rhythm right. and, and, and go that way. And then number four, you know, and it all comes together, and, and Joe said it, I, I thought we opened and closed. Uh, you know, obviously we were ready to play right off the bat emotionally, but also we closed this out. You know, in the last six minutes, our players made five key plays. And you know, every Joe, you know it, Matt, you know it, most NFL games are one-possession games, and the last four minutes are everything. And if you go from six minutes down, <laughs> the steeplechase run by Matt Ryan <laughs> to get us down there was one to behold. And then a play that can never be forgotten, even though it started out bad for him, but Pittman's recovery of that fumble right there is a great play when you watch it on film because that could have been the game that when they knocked it out of his hand and he hustled back and got the ball. Play number two. Play number three, Paris's yak you know, catching the ball and running right through and over the Raider defense. And then, of course, you know, again, Carr was bringing him back. I mean, he was knocking at the door. And, you know, he makes two really good throws at the very end of mm -hmm. the game. And Okereke makes maybe the play of the season that strip on the, on the tight end because that ball was there. I mean, that ball was right on the shoulder pads. And Bobby got it out. And then – 
our ultimate closer who really has closed out three games by himself uh, is Gilmore. You know, you knew where they were going to go. You knew how they were going to go. Gus chose to zero blitz it. He brought everybody and played zero and said, Gilmore, sick him. And Gilmore went up and, again, you know, closed another game for our defense. So, you know, a combination of my four things, owner, head coach, Mm -hmm. offensive coordinator, and players that finished it. That's the tale of the tape with Rick Venturi and Joe Wrights tonight on Colts Roundtable Live. Hey, celebrate Monday night football tonight with a win and a free app at B-Dubs when the Colts get a defensive takeaway valid at participating Indianapolis locations. Free appetizer includes anything up to $13.49 in terms of value on the bar food menu. Again, that's the tale of the tape when we come back. We're playing Name That Tune. That's right. We're playing some songs that represented the Colts' big win on Sunday in Las Vegas. Get the quarters out, fellas. We're pumping in uh, money into the jukebox. It's going to be fantastic, like we're at the uh, the local watering hole up in the Geist Reservoir with Rick Venturi. That's a dangerous scene, I'll tell you that. We're back with that coming up right after this. You're listening to Colts Roundtable Live on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Welcome back to Colts Roundtable Live on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Here's Matt Taylor, the voice of the Colts. And we're back again on Colts Roundtable Live. Thanks for sticking with us. It's brought to you by Citizens Energy Group. Proud to be the Colts conservation partner. Find winning conservation tips at citizensenergygroup.com. Tonight's show is also brought to you by Meyer, the official super center of the Indianapolis Colts and proud sponsor of hundreds of local sports teams across the Midwest. Fellas, we're playing Name That Tune. You guys ready? Joe, you, you strike me as a as a big music guy. I know, Rick, you are as well. But, but Joe, I know you could probably play Name That Tune and uh, win some money back in the day. I, lo- I do love that old game show, so I'm ready to go. Fire away, my friend. You got it. All right, let's talk about the win on Name That Tune. We'll help point out some of the Colts' successes in Las Vegas. Here's Name That Tune number one. <laughs> Right, you got this one. What do you think? Sounds like a group that I actually like, even though they're a little bit older than me. But Aerosmith back in the saddle again. And a boy. Love it. We're one for one. I like it, gentlemen. Yeah, we're going back to 1976. Steven Tyler off the Rocks album. Back in the saddle again. Matt Ryan back in the quarterback saddle. 21 of 28 passes for 222. Had a touchdown and ripped off that 39-yard gallop on uh, in the fourth quarter to set up the game-winning score for the Indianapolis Colts. And Matt Ryan also delivered his fifth fourth-quarter comeback of the season. Joe writes, what did you make of Matt Ryan back in the saddle on Sunday? I thought he was really strong. I thought we protected him well. Again, we stayed balanced. When you have 200 in the run game and the pass game, that's awful advantageous to the quarterback. But he made some big throws when he needed to. You know, really, my only gripe would be that third and one play when we got a little bit cute, you know, that 14-yard sack that took us out of field goal range. But overall, I thought he did a good job. And I really agree with Rick. You know, I think the call from Jeff to start Matt on Friday, it really brought and gave additional buy-in from all those veterans in the locker room who said, hey, we're going out here to Vegas to win a football game. And I thought, you know, he really played well along with all of the offense. And then how about that run? Did, did I hear you Did I hear you putting him in the same 
categories. Usain Bolt on air yesterday live. Rick, <laughs> I, Rick, can I you said, confirm that happened? I, I said he looked like an Olympic yes, sprinter. Did. Come on yes, now, I have to give him his. I got to give him his props here. He looked I good. Mean, I, that was his career high in rushing for a game. He had it on that one run. So kudos to him. You're 37. I'm 37. Matt's 37. He That's still had it on that play. He looked he looked good for us old guys. Rick, what'd you make of Matt Ryan back in the saddle there? No, I really liked it. You know, and I was asked, you know, on the pregame before the game, who did I think would be the best quarterback? And I said it would be Matt Ryan. I said I yeah. thought, you know, for several reasons. I thought for the physical reason is we needed his arm. I, I thought we could really stretch this team. We could throw it all over the yard, you know, much like we did against Jacksonville, and, and inevitably we did. Uh, I thought the other thing, though, and Joe just touched on it, and, and I thought this was huge. Uh, I felt all along that this team, and it's no disrespect to Ellinger. Uh, we all like Ellinger. I think Ellinger is a, it should be on your team. I'm never. I'm not convinced that he's an NFL starter. I mean, I think he can back you up. I think he can, you know, do special things for you. But I just. I don't. I know. I don't have that confidence, and I don't think the team does. And I think what was beginning to happen was, you know, by by making that move, not that you were intentionally tanking, but perception is everything. And what it, it it's not a question of tanking it's a question of well you know we're beginning to experiment in the 22 season and i think by putting matt back in the realm basically what you were saying is we are all in guys we're all in on 222 you know and i i believe we should have been i said that before the game the 3-5 and 1 is definitely not overcomable we're right back in the hunt at 4-5 and 1 with everybody else now, where I think Parks did a good job, because sometimes scheme is really important to your team by utilizing your assets. And by getting Matt in that RPO game, that quick rhythm right off the back, those quick screens, and then reestablishing the running game, it was much like he played, with the exception of not, having, of not going no huddle. It was very much like they played their one good offensive game this year against Jacksonville. It was kind of a return to that. Plus, it helped our offensive line, got our offensive line blocking the run. And, you know, as you notice, the running game gets better as you go. But I thought Matt really, really functioned. But I think as much as anything, and Joe just hit on it, yeah. I think that was a real psychological motivator. Again, like I said, when you take over in the middle of the season, You've got to make some changes to let that team know we're going to be different, and we were. All right, we're playing Name That Tune here on Colts Roundtable Live with Rick Venturi, Joe Wright, I'm Matt Taylor. Let's fire up the jukebox. Name That Tune number two. I'm running down a dream. Rick Venturi, you got this one. What do you got? Oh, I do because I know you so well. I know you're your favorite guy of all time. This is your boy Tom Petty. You know, yeah, running down the dream. That I, I, I thought it was going to be Jackson Brown running on empty, but I, you oh. know. I, no, I, That's good. I I like it. I, I like your style a lot for the Monday show. It, it makes it, it it makes it a lot of a, a lot of fun. There's no doubt about it. The the, the struggles that our offenses have had, mm -hmm. you know, from the beginning of the year until really yesterday, I think the number one problem 
was the inability to establish JT again and the inability to establish their running game. And I don't think we're totally there yet because I still don't think we have the answer. When they got in their double sync, they stopped us. But they played over about 70% of the time, which is our wheelhouse. Right. And we came out and pounded with JT. I, I said the number one must going into the game is reestablish JT. We have to. We have to get him back going again. And bam, we banged away at him. Early in the game, you know, it wasn't great. First couple series, not great. But JT is one of those cumulative runners, and we got our offensive line back banging. And I agree with Joe. That's the most aggressive we've played up front with that running game than we've been all season long. And our guys opened some holes. And, you know, as the game went on, it started – then the running game started – it started to become second and five instead of second and ten like it's been all season. You know, second and six, second and four – with those running games. And then that quick passing game was just the, the perfect compliment. And the RPOs are good because what the RPOs do, it prevents you from running into a heavily stacked defense yeah. because you have the option to throw the ball. So all those things schematically worked in there. But again, we got them going. And then I've always said, Jonathan, like all the great runners, but he really has it because of his speed. He is a cumulative back. And by that, I mean, is he gets better as the game goes on, and if you keep feeding him, eventually he's going to break you, and yeah. that 66-yard touchdown did it. There you go, Joe. We're playing Full Moon Fever. Tom Petty, his first solo album. Jeff Lynn in the background from ELO fame playing guitar, running down a dream. That's because Jonathan Taylor looked like the Jonathan Taylor of old. That was a vintage performance, ripping off that 66-yard touchdown run. Joe, is Jonathan Taylor back? Is this offensive line back now? I think they're both back, and I think JT looked 100% healthy, which is great. I think we settled on our offensive line, too. I think Will Fries has done a really nice job. I think he's your right guard. Him and Smith seem to have a good rapport over there. You know, that first drive, our first drop back pass, they ran a, a TE that, you know, accounted for about five sacks up in New England the week before, and uh, they passed it off seamlessly. But I thought him and then Ryman settled in with their positions. But really, you know, the three-headed veteran in terms of Smith, Kelly, and Nelson, they were their most physical and blocking downfield as they've been all year. And I thought they really set the tone. And I'm sure that Saturday, you know, and Jeff really challenged them this week to play like the line that they can be. And I think Parks did a good job of mixing up our run game. We had some tempo in there, quick screens. We got the defense tired. And then to Coach's point, he's exactly right on JT. You know, a run that goes for four, five, six in the first half, those are the ones that break for 40, 50, 60 because the defense gets tired, the offense wears them down, and all of a sudden those linebackers, you know, on that touchdown run, you know, we had an inside zone to the left. Mo Alley did a really nice job coming back and cutting off Crosby. There was a big cutback, and the linebackers were in conflict, and the one linebacker ran weak. Ryan Kelly did a great job coming up, sealing them off, and boom, we were out the gate. And so I think – when you look at Jonathan Taylor, 22 for 147, we had 30 rushes as a team. That's the recipe for this team, is to run the ball 30 times a game. You got somewhere between 150, 200 on the ground. We do that, we're awful tough to beat because, again, the ball stays in our hands and we dictate when we're running, when we're passing. But, again, the last thing I said to open the show, you're able to do that because you had a lead and you were up 10 nothing. It wasn't being down 10 points like it seems like we've been every game up to this year. 
All right, it's Joe Wright's Rick Venturi along. I'm Matt Taylor. We're playing Name That Tune, having some fun here on Colts Roundtable Live on 93.5 and 107.5. The fan, let's go quickly on the last one. Rick Venturi, I'm going uh, with you first on this one because this is an oldie but a goodie. What do you got here? Everybody's talking about the Rick, can you pick this one up yet? Oh, my God. It's the Eagle. New kid in town. Perfect. I, my, my, my suggestion was going to be happy days are here again. But no, definitely the new kid in town. And nobody respects this more than I do. And I talked about it before the game. Uh, the challenge it is to call your first game, to be an offensive or defensive coordinator in the National Football League. Studies have shown that those are the two toughest positions in all sports. Defense is actually one. Offense is number two. Because of the decisiveness you have to have, the you know, the 50 to 70 decisions that you're making in 20-second intervals, That just that's very, very difficult. And I thought he did a really good job. I think – you know, I think with Jeff's instruction, I think the first thing they did is they filtered down the offense. They got rid of a lot of extra stuff. You know, they took the idea as this is who we are, uh, this is who they are. Uh, we can execute with a running game against that over. Uh, we can quick rhythm. We can RPO it. Uh, let's do what we do. Let's take the heat off the offensive line. Let them block the run. Don't put them in bad situations. Don't put them in seven-step drop situations. Right. You know, let's let's go back to reestablish Taylor. And then he really directed. It's one thing to talk before the game. It's really another thing to direct it. Now, I am going to keep a reality check here because today is a happiness day as it should be. Now, we played the worst coached and the worst talented defense in the league yesterday. So, you know, there's no question it's going to get tougher. And and I think the biggest key is going to be, you know, some of those things that we did once you get a good look at them like they got against Jacksonville, some of that stuff now will be a little bit tougher as you go forward. But, yeah. you know, my hat's off to him. I, I just I really get great respect for that guy, you know, after one day. Yeah, we went back to 1976, Joe writes, the Eagles off the Hotel California album New Kid in Town, Glenn Fry on the primary vocals there. What did you make of the new kid in town? Parks Fraser calling plays for the first time yesterday for the Colts. Really impressive for a 30-year-old to dial up the game like that. And I agree yeah. with Coach. You know, I, I've called plays at third-grade football, like we talked about. That's hard to do when there's 30 <laughs> seconds around the play clock, let alone an NFL game when guys are six, seven years your age and, and you're expected to deliver for them. But he delivered. And I like what Coach talked about. And – you know, the, the band is the Eagles, and we're going to see them up and close six days from now. How do, we, how do we do this against a better opponent now that they have some tape on you? And I'm really excited for Parks. Is it going to be a big challenge? Yeah, but I'm excited to see what he does with this opportunity coming up next week now with a little tougher uh, mountain to climb for him calling those plays. But, again, hats off to him. He should be celebrating today. But that 24-hour rule, right? It's about 24 hours here at about 30 minutes, and we uh, we got to get focused on Philly, as does Parks, as does the whole offense. There you go. You guys were three for three. I thought I might stump you there in the last one, but, Rick, you pulled it out. I mean, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I, I didn't know the last one. The only Eagles songs <laughs> I know are Hotel California Life and the, in the underrated – 
The Last Resort, one of the most underrated oh, yeah. songs that they have. Well done. When you have children like I do who are in the MTV <laughs> generation, and then you have grandkids now that are in the hip-hop generation, man, I've had to stay up with it just to communicate with no those. Question. <laughs> yeah, there's no question. Yeah, there's nothing slipping past Rick Venturi in terms of, uh, of music right there. I can, I can speak firsthand on that one. That's good stuff. That's Name Your Tune here on Colts Roundtable Live, having some fun. Uh, compare music with the Colts. Rick Venturi, Joe Wrights. I'm Matt Taylor. Coming up, though, we're taking your questions. The mailbag is open. Send them in right now on Twitter. Hashtag Colts Roundtable. And we'll take the best ones when we come back. You're listening to Colts Roundtable Live here on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. This is Roundtable Live, a full hour dedicated to Colts football. Here again is Matt Taylor, the voice of the Colts. Welcome back again to Colts Roundtable Live on a Monday. Brought to you by Citizens Energy Group. Proud to be the Colts conservation partner. Find winning conservation tips always at citizensenergygroup.com. Tonight's show is also brought to you by EverStream, Indy's business-only fiber network, faster fiber, and better business. Time for the mailbag. Rick Venturi and Joe Wright. I'm Matt Taylor with you until 7 o'clock tonight. You can tweet in your questions tonight and every Monday night using hashtag Colts Roundtable. Uh, Rick, you are the best person to ask the, or to answer this question being asked by Bobby. Uh, he's asking, what does Jeff Saturday have to do to get the Colts job on a permanent level next season? And uh, again, for those that don't know, Rick Venturi was the last priority yesterday, the last Colts coach to get a win as the interim coach of the Indianapolis Colts. So, Rick, what do you think about Jeff Saturday uh, in terms of what he has to do to be the coach next season? Well, he had a gigantic start yesterday. There's no question about that. Anybody that doubted that one needs to recalibrate. Right. You know, and Joe and I, Joe knows this. We both made our living in this business. It's a results-oriented business. So, you know, at the end of the day, the results will be there or they won't be there. But I think the important thing, and I think Jeff has the right stuff in this sense, he's a very genuine guy. I I think what you see is what you get. I I don't think he's going to audition or be somebody that he's not. And I really think what's important is for him to stay in his lane. And that lane right now is leadership, um, managing people, obviously managing the game itself, but really more than anything is managing and motivating people uh, pushing the right buttons, but let guys around him work. Let the let the technicians be technicians, and you know, be be very steady on a weekly basis. You know, at the end of the day, I I always kid people. I worked 27 years in the NFL, and I, to be honest with you, I felt like 27 years I was on a one week contract because you know that's the highs and lows of this business. I mean, we're coming off a tremendous high, and then you're looking right at Philadelphia in six days. So yeah. the important thing is to you know. Just, again, to continue to be himself, continue to play the leadership role, and, and, again, let the results take care of themselves. I said this all along, and, I, and the, one of the reasons I thought he would be successful is I, I really believe this team was a lot better than it was playing, and I think we showed that yesterday. All right, let's go to Sean. Uh, Joe, he's asking, should we shut down Shaq Leonard for the remainder of the season to get him right for next season? and keep riding our linebackers now who are playing very well. You know, I think that remains to be seen. And obviously they made the move Friday and, you know, put him on IR. And, you know, for him, I think it's just been an up and down roller coaster. You know, you miss time, you come back, you have a separate injury, you come back, but you clearly don't look yourself. 
on tape, and then he had that setback Wednesday in practice, and you know, trying to figure out where they go from here. I do think the way our linebackers have been playing, you know, Kara Kay and Zaire Franklin, that affords you that opportunity a little bit because those guys are both playing at an awful high level. I mean, you know, week in, week out, Franklin's making plays, you know, really providing a ton of leadership too. And you know, Coach mentioned Okereke probably had the play of the game there with Gilmore down in the Raiders end zone. So you know, I think. Overall, everybody just wants him to be healthy because he's a game-changing, dynamic player when he's hurt. But it just seems like, for whatever reason, this 2022 season just kind of isn't in the cards, so to speak, uh, for Shaq Leonard. And I think hopefully he gets more information. I'm sure he's going to go see you know, a bunch of different doctors, et cetera, and try to really figure out what's going on and causing him those issues that prevent him from being back on the field at 100%. A Colts Roundtable Live tonight is brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook, proud sports betting partner of the Indianapolis Colts. When we come back, we're going to close out the show. We've got a few minutes left. We'll take a look at the AFC South standings after 10 games, and we'll also preview the upcoming game on Sunday as the Colts return home to Lucas Oil Stadium to take on the Eagles. They play tonight on Monday Night Football against the Commanders. We're back for that in just a moment. You're listening to Colts Roundtable Live, and this is 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Welcome back to Colts Roundtable Live on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. For more Colts breakdown, here's Matt Taylor, the voice of the Colts. And we're back for the final time. A few minutes left on Colts Roundtable Live tonight. Brought to you by Citizens Energy Group, as always. Proud to be the Colts conservation partner. Find winning conservation tips at citizensenergygroup.com. And get your forecast first on CBS4 and get weather updates Anytime with the CBS4 Indie app, you can customize it so you only get the alerts that you want. Search CBS4 Indie in the App Store or on Google Play. Taking a look at the AFC South standings to close out. Tennessee keeps on rolling. They're 6-3. and three. They beat the Broncos at home on Sunday. The Colts are 4-5-1 and one in second place. The Jaguars at 3-7. and seven. They lost to the Chiefs on Sunday. And the Texans in last place. They are 1-7-1. And, one, and uh, they continue to have a rough go of it here in 2022. Up next for the Colts, the Eagles. They are the only unbeaten team left in the NFL. That's put to the test tonight. Uh, they play the Commanders on Monday Night Football this evening. And the Eagles are coming to Lucas Oil Stadium for the first time since the 2014 season this upcoming Sunday. Time now for the closing arguments from Rick Venturi and Joe Wrights. Joe, your final thoughts on the big win for Jeff Saturday and company in uh, Las Vegas and the task at hand this Sunday against the Eagles, arguably the best team in the NFL. Again, as we turn the page to next week, great win by the team. You know, hats off to you know Jim Irsay for making the move, for Jeff doing what he did, for all the coaches and players in that locker room. But to me, now it really gets fun because now you're going to – I mean, the Eagles are going to beat Washington by a million tonight. They're going to be 9-0 and undefeated. You're going to get them on a short week, one less day of prep. But you're going to have an undefeated team coming into your building at 1 o'clock with a chance to make a national statement with this new coach and new leadership, and that's what I'm excited for. I'll be honest, I haven't watched a ton of Philly yet. You know, I know the Sirianni influence, but I know Coach Ventura, you probably already cut up all their tape, and you're ready to go with a game plan over there. Absolutely, and I, I do think I agree with you, Joe. I think we could become the Cinderella team here with the story that we have to play. Now, in terms of Philly, I'm not going to sugarcoat. They're very, very good. You know, they're one of the few teams I think they've surpassed Buffalo now statistically. They're one of the few teams that is in the top five, uh, both on offense and on defense. You know, they're led by their young emerging star, Jalen Hurts, at quarterback. 
Um, obviously, big play receiver and our own nemesis, A.J. Brown, uh, with Smitty and, and Goddard. All three guys have 40-plus catches. Very tough on defense up front with Reddick as a, as a rusher and Hargraves. Uh, I think it's, like I say, I think it's a very good team. I, I don't think it's a super team, despite them being undefeated. I see cracks. We'll talk about it on Wednesday in our podcast when we get into the breakdown on them. One thing I can tell you, just as a parting note, in their last game, you know, they play the Houston Texans, you know, and at the end of the three quarters, it was 21-17, just mm-hmm. even Steven. So, you know, if we can just build on that momentum from last week, you know, keep our equilibrium, come right back next week at home. Fans should really be lit up for this one coming in Sunday. All right. Good stuff tonight. Rick Venturi and Joe Wright bringing the heat as they always do on Colts Roundtable Live. That's all the time we've got tonight. want to thank everybody that joined the show with their questions and comments. want to thank interim head coach Jeff Saturday and, of course, Rick Venturi and Joe Wright. And we've got you covered on the Colts all weekend long, or all week long, I should say, as we always do during the regular season. Colts daily updates Tuesday through Thursday. Official Colts podcast tomorrow, Inside Football with Rick uh, and the Blueprints to Beat the Eagles. That, as he said, is going to drop on Wednesday. So check all of that out. Colts.com, the Colts mobile app, and the Colts audio network. That's wherever you download your podcast. Great stuff tonight. I'm Matt Taylor. ESPN Radio is coming up next. And we'll talk to you next week at 6 o'clock for another installment of Colts Roundtable Live here on the home of the Colts, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Good night.